going to deal with the, still on the governmental church part seven, um, on the Nehemiah governmental sphere of influence. Go to Nehemiah chapter seven, chapter two and verse 17 and 18. Nehemiah two and verses 17 and 18. Praise the Lord. All right, if we can have it on the screen, the Bible says, then said I unto them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth in waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, let us what? Build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Somebody say amen. amen. Verse 18. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me. And also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise and do what? Talk to me. Let us rise and do what? And build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. And the church say, amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, in this short moments that we are going to be around your word, we ask that you speak to us. And Father, may you unite our heart through this message. Father, may we walk in unity and walk as a team in Jesus' name. And the church say, Amen. All right. I've been dealing with us on the governmental church. Now the time for the conference is here. I had to take you through the Bible for you to understand and have a mindset of what God meant by the government shall be upon his shoulders. That Jesus came because he came to establish the government of heaven on the earth. So Jesus came, and every time you heard him speak, he said he would be talking about, I came to establish a kingdom. Somebody say a kingdom. You will hear him say the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And so he kept talking about this kingdom. It was a government that he was instituting on the earth. And now he now released functionaries that will partake and be part of this government to make sure that this government is established until the kingdoms of this world must become the kingdoms of our God. And he established what we call the church. Somebody say the church. And he said to us that I will build my church and what will happen? The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So he's been talking about this government. So in the process of time, we began to talk about the different governmental spheres of influence. We spoke about David. We spoke about, we started with Moses. We spoke about Moses. We spoke about, uh, uh, we spoke about David. We spoke about who else? Uh, uh, who else? Daniel. So today I want to talk about, I, I wanted to speak about Esther, but today I wanted to talk about Nehemiah, uh, particularly as we approaching the conference um, because uh, the governmental sphere of influence of Nehemiah was teamwork. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, your amen is looking for my trouble. Amen. Say amen. amen. All right. Now, uh, prior to the, the scripture I just read was Nehemiah serving in the kingdom of Pesha under the king uh, Atasazes. And the Bible says while he was in the king's palace, obviously as a captive. Do you know, uh, at this point, Israel had been captured. And, um, you know, in the time that they were captured, there was a time when uh, uh, people were released or they escaped from captivity. And there was three batches of people that escaped, that were able to escape. 
But at this point, Nehemiah had been taken and to serve in the king's palace, even though he was a captive. And so he was serving the king as a cupbearer. And um, so he, he being a cupbearer in the king's palace, everything was going well for him. That's like working in the presidential quarters, you know, working for the president. Um, you know, things are going well. Everything the president eats, you eat. Uh, the air he breathes, you breathe. You know, everything is good. I mean, you have to smell good to be around the president. They pay you good salary. So he was comfortable. And then one day, somebody came in chapter 1 of Nehemiah, verse 3, uh, verse 2, and began to tell him, uh, he, somebody came from home. Uh, somebody came from family. Uh, somebody said, we are a family. Uh, the ne Nehemiah governmental sphere of influence is family-oriented. Uh -uh. It's family-oriented. And so, so somebody came from home and said, Nehemiah, there is a situation back home. The people that escaped from captivity are all suffering. Your brethren are in trouble. In fact, if you read it, he said, they said unto, unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in what? Read with me, are in what? Uh -uh, talk to me this morning, are in what? They are in great affliction and reproach, and the wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof burned with fire. Nehemiah had this thing and his, his whole countenance changed. Because church, there is no way you can be comfortable if your fellow brothers in Christ are suffering. Something is wrong with you as a Christian if you rejoice at the downfall of another Christian. Something is seriously wrong with you. If you can celebrate that another Christian failed, another Christian fell, if you celebrate, you are not of God. Because your part should be correction. Your part should be to uplift. Are we together? So Nehemiah heard this news and his countenance changed. He was angry, he was sad. And so he now went to the king to present his cup of wine. He only knew how to serve wine to the king and, and maybe with some snacks. And the Bible said that his countenance was down and his countenance has never been that sad before. And the king looked at him and said, Nehemiah, why is your countenance sad? And you know, in those years in Israel, if your countenance is sad, as a matter of fact, and you present yourself before the king, they can kill you. So he took a chance. It was a major chance he took that he would come before the king with a sad countenance. And then the Bible said that the king asked him, why are you sad? While the king was sitting beside him. And the queen, sorry. And so Nehemiah said, king, why will I not be sad? Because my brethren are suffering. And the wall of my father's house is broken down. Church, you must be family minded. Listen. The way Jesus built the church, he actually built it as a spiritual family. Sila. He built the church as a what? A spiritual family. Yes, though we may have biological family, but the strongest bond of family should be the church. Listen, if your father is an unbeliever, he will die and go to hell. 
If your mother is an unbeliever, they will die and go to hell. As much as you love them and they love you. But you and the person sitting beside you, if they're born again, you and them are going to the same destination. Forever. Not if temporary. The relationship with family we have here is only ends here. Hello? It only ends where? Here. But the one we have after this is forever. And that's why you must mind how you treat your brethren. How you treat people. It's amazing how church people are mean and wicked. Beloved, you can't see your brother down and be happy. I, I don't know, I don't know. Something is wrong with the Christianity of today. This is the time when if one of us is in trouble, all of us should rally around the person. If one of us is, in, is, is sick, all of us should be praying for the person. If one of us loses a loved one, all of us should rally around. And, and you have a church where somebody loses somebody and they, so another person will say, you know what, I, I, I was not invited. Or you, somebody is having a party or somebody is doing something and you just exclude yourself. Are we together, church? We're supposed to love one another because we are a church family. We are a family. Church, this thing goes... Listen, I've been serving the Lord now for the past 32 years. I don't have unbelievers as friends. Hello? Church, are you here? I don't know of any friend of mine that is an unbeliever. I don't. If I have to have a party today to celebrate, the only people I have is you. Are we together, church? This thing is a family. That's what God designed it to be for. That's why a church is called a home. Where they have a father who is a spiritual father and a mother. You will notice in the Bible, Paul will call Timothy's son. Paul never had a wife. Hello? Paul never had a child. But why is Timothy his son? Why is Titus his son? Why is Philemon his son? Why is Onesimus his son? Why are these people his sons? Because they are spiritual children. So he relates to them as a family. The moment you call somebody son and daughter, they are your family. Can I hear a name and somebody? Are we together, church? So this thing is not about our ethnicity and our, our tribe, where we are from, your color, your twana. Your... God brought us together in this diversity. He said that they shall come from every tongue, tribe, language, and every nation, and they will come together. When we get to heaven, there is no Zimbabwean. Many of you are going to be shocked in heaven. There is no Malawian in heaven. So if you are, you are the kind that still describe yourself with those things, you are in the, can in the flesh. In fact, let me look at it this way. When the Bible talks about any Christian in this world, he says we are aliens. You know what an alien is? Talk to me. Who, what, who's an alien? A foreigner. So Jesus said, you are a foreigner in this earth. Because this is not your home. Hello, church. This is not my home. When people die, we say they've gone to be with who? Because that's where you belong. 
This is not my home. I don't come from, he said, he that is from above is above all. Anyone who is from above is above all. Please tell the construction guys that they should wait um, so that they don't distract us. Please let them go outside and wait till your service is over. All right. Now, church, I want you to know that we are a family. We are a family. So what hurts you should hurt me. When good things happen in your life, you rejoice, I should rejoice with you. How can somebody be getting married here? You, she comes out about to say her vow in your heart. You are like, mm, look at that one. I don't even know how she got that man. I won't be surprised if it's the, his money that drove her. Like really, you can't be happy for your brother. Your brother, your sister is dedicating a car. You, you know that once cars are parked here, they are for dedication. You just walk past. It's an error. You know what you are saying? I'm not happy that somebody bought a car. So I'm going home. You should stay there. And thank God we all celebrate and shout to Jesus. That's what family does. That's what family does. Except you are a witch. Which I know you are not. Amen. Except you are a witch. That you can't be happy for somebody else. Amen, somebody. I mean... You know, when I got married, all the counseling I got from Facebook, from Christians, was alarming. Apostle, you were supposed to wait two years. You didn't mourn enough. As if you are me. Uh, you, listen, we are not of the same. Do you know, as we are all here, all our fingerprints are different? Hello? There are people that can mourn in one day. There are people that can mourn forever. Some people recover quicker in, in, you know, with life issues. They just recover. And some others, it takes them time. We are not all the same, but we must learn to work with one another. Whatever you are, we should be patient enough to work with you with your temperament. Because the way you are, God created you that way. Are we together, somebody? God made you that way. Others are different. The way others will handle pain is different. The way others will handle glory is different. So we need to connect to one another and help one another. So Nehemiah said to the king, I cannot be happy when my father's house is broken down. The wall of Jerusalem is being burnt with fire. And then the king said, okay, now, what do you make requests? What is it you want me to do for you? The king said unto him, he said, I pray to God of heaven. And he began to ask the king, he asked for leave. Somebody say he asked for leave. I told you to take leave for ownership conference. Many of you didn't. Nehemiah took leave. He is working directly with the president. You, you are working directly with a nobody. And you can't take leave. Hello, church. Am I talking to somebody? Nehemiah said, if I found favor, send me, give me leave. Let me go to my father's house and rebuild it. Not just that. Nehemiah said, king, you have everything. Everything is under your control. Give, command Asaph, the keeper of the king's wood, and let him give me wood. Give me a letter to him 
so that they will give me every material I need to build. Now, church, this guy is a child of God under a, a, an unbelieving government. This guy is a Christian under a hidden government. Atazesis is an idol worshiper. And yet, he would ask something from him to build God's house. And you have things. You yourself, you, are, you don't need to ask anybody. And you can't build your father's house. Can you see the blunder that we have made? The Nehemiah's government is the one that is targeted at building back the house of God. And so Nehemiah took all these things and left. When he now got there, that was the scripture we read. He now began to summon the people. Both the people living in Jerusalem, outside of Jerusalem, and even far away, farther away from Jerusalem. He summoned everyone. Now, church, they, he now told them what he, God has dropped in his heart that they need to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. And the Bible says that when he told all of them, they said that they will build with him. Somebody said they will build with him. So it's important for you to know that uh, when he now said this, everybody now began to form teams. They began to form teams. And so the teamwork now began to plan and then began to execute in the building. Say amen to that. Now, the one thing I want to tell you is that God is a God of teamwork. God is a team player. God does not do things alone. You all know that when God wanted to create, he said, let us. What did he say? Who are the us? God the Father, keep going. And God the what? The Holy Spirit. So God has a team. God has a team. That's why if you are a man or a woman that walks in isolation, you are of the devil. Hello. You know me, I don't like church people. I like to be by myself. Satan. 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 There is nothing like that in the kingdom. God is a, is a God of teamwork. So he would always need the team to work. He said, let us make uh, men in our image and after our likeness. When they created, the Bible said that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. So you can see clearly now in the second verse of Genesis 1-2, God said, let there be light. Now that thing he said is Jesus. Is the word. Say amen. Because in heaven, Jesus was known as the word. He only got that name Jesus on earth. So here was the spirit of God moving. Here was the word spoken and things began to happen. Teamwork. Secondly, now look at our Savior Jesus. Jesus came to the earth, was born of Virgin Mary, grew up until he was 30. We only heard after his birth, we only heard something about him when he was the age uh, 12. After 12, 18 years, we never heard anything. At 30, we now hear something that is getting into ministry. Start ministry. First thing he did was gather a team. A team of 12. And began to train them. That 12 increased to 70. You all remember that in the Bible? 
Even that 70 increased to how many? 120 for those of you who read Bible. Some of you have no clue. 120? <laughs> the 120, that's where we'll find men like Joseph of Arimathea, who were silent. He was a multi-millionaire who was a silent disciple of Jesus. Remember when Jesus, after Jesus was dead and they took his body, he was the one that could go to the king and ask for Jesus' body because of his influence. Because money gives you influence. Oh, say amen. <laughs> Today, Oppenheimers are not the president of the nation. The Roberts are not, but they can give counsel. Uh, okay, all right, no amen. Mm. All right, let's keep moving. So God, God is a team player. When Paul came, Paul formed his team. You will hear Paul mention things like Titus, my son Titus, Timothy. Onesimus, Philemon, Priscilla and Aquila. These are all disciples of Paul. He formed a team. Are we together? He formed a team. Priscilla and Aquila were tent makers. I believe that it was through them that Paul learned how to build tents. Because they were his disciples. So one of his disciples was in real estate. And eventually we now hear that Paul is a what? A tent maker. Say amen to that. Are we together, church? You have people like Lydia, who was a tailor. Lydia made clothes. She made very expensive clothes. The Bible called it purple clothes. When you hear purple clothes, because when the Bible was talking about the rich man that went to hell, he said, the Bible said he wore purple clothes. It's not the color. The word purple is royalty. That means that they wore expensive clothes. In our day, you would attribute them to all the designer, the labels, expensive labels. Amen, somebody. So this woman, these were all the team of Paul. So God expects us to walk in team. Are we together? Our conference is coming. We need to build a teamwork. Oh, okay. Listen, God does not want you to shine alone. All these things of, I want to be the local champion. Eh, eh, that's not godly. It's a teamwork. God never tells you, I'm greater than Jesus. I'm greater than the Holy Ghost. In fact, they say three of them are one. That's how united they are. They are one. It's teamwork. It's teamwork. Somebody say teamwork. I wrote here, team creates a vision for something larger than, indi that, than an individual can accomplish. I'm telling you, teamwork. Teamwork accomplishes greater vision and achievement than an individual. That's why you must always be involved in teamwork. You have to be involved in teamwork. There was an exercise they did. Um, it was a scientific exercise. So they wanted to know about how teams can pull weight or how an individual can pull weight. So they had this horse, the different horses. And so they put yoke on the horses and put ropes to them and they attached them to a load. And so they began to pull the load. As the horses were going, they kept adding to the weight of the load. When it got to 2,000 kg, the horse couldn't move because the weight was too much for the horse. 
and the horse stopped. They did it with another horse. The same thing happened. The horse pulled up to 2,000 kg and it stopped. Now, they now yoked the two horses together. That's what the King Norbert was saying. When he said, be not unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Those of you who are dating men and women who are not born again, you are heading for a disaster. It's not a curse. You are heading for what? Mm -hmm. You are heading for a disaster. I can tell you, you have divorced even before you married. I can, I can, I will tell you that for free. I won't charge offering. <laughs> God said, be not unequally yoked. I was describing this. Um, we had a, an interview recently on social media um, with the couple, uh, Mashishi and um, Dr. K and the husband. And so we, we, I was telling them about this yoke thing. You know, the issue of yoke is so important. Now, when God brought me and my wife together, let me, let me first, let me use the, the horse's description. So now, what they did, they connected two horses together. These two horses each can pull how many? 2,000 kg. The other 2,000 kg. They connected the two horses together. And they now started loading them from 4,000. They pulled the 4,000 and kept moving. They added one more 1,000 to make it 5,000. They kept moving. It got up to 6,000. They stopped. But individually, they could pull to 2,000. That's why teamwork is powerful. This governmental system does not demand a local champion. It requires teamwork. Everybody here is needed. That's why if you are not serving in this church, you are not a team player. If you just come to church, you sit down, go, you are not a team player. You are not like God. The governmental system of Jesus Christ demands teamwork. If Jesus had a team, you should be in the team. Uh, uh, where is your amen? You should be what? In the team. Are we together? So this is what happened. So when, when Nehemiah now got this news, he went home and, be, and formed a team. And the team began to do the work. Now, church, it's amazing I, I googled something about the wall of Jerusalem that was built by Nehemiah. Let me share this with you. I wrote it down. The wall of Jerusalem is three kilometers in perimeter. Three kilometers in perimeter. Watch this. 39.37 feet high. 8.2 feet in width. 34 watcher towers. So after they built around Jerusalem... They built towers. There were 34 of them. You know towers. Where the soldiers stay and see if an enemy is approaching. 34 of them. And then they, it has seven main gates. Seven gates. Now, church, watch this. What Nehemiah did in chapter 3 of Nehemiah, maybe let me just, let me go there. Um, or should I? Let, let me, I, I want to share this with you. Let me not go, go ahead of myself. What, what you will notice about Nehemiah's team, number one, when you do God's work, you will face oppositions. You will face oppositions. Because these are things that I wrote down, haven't read the book of Nehemiah early this morning. You will face oppositions. Nehemiah 2 verse 10. Nehemiah 2 verse 10. 
Nehemiah 2 verse 10, quickly, give it to us. Help us, help us. The Bible says, when Sambala the Horiah, no, Tobiah servant, the more, and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, heard of it, it grieved them exceedingly that there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. This is why Satan attacks pastors. It's unfortunate that believers join Sambalat and Tobiah to attack pastors. It's amazing. Church, listen, God sent this man. All you need to do is support the man. God is not going to send everybody. No. He chooses one from among you and makes him the leader. Your part as a team player is to support the man. Don't oppose the man. There was opposition from the children from Sambalat and Tobiah. Look at verse 19. Verse 19. Quickly. Give me verse 19. I want to rush this so we can close. But when Sambalat, the Horiah, Tobiah, the servant, the Ammonite, Geshem, the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, what is this thing that ye do? Ye rebel against the king. What is it that you do? Oppositions. There will be opposition to teamwork. And if you are that kind of opposition, may you repent today. You cannot be walking against the church. You can't be walking against teams in the church. You can't be the one that causes division, causes gossip. You start rumoring things that are not true. You wake up one morning, you don't like someone, and you start rumoring things about them. Don't be part of the people that cause division in church. Can the church say any, an amen to that? Are we together? The enemy will rise and oppose. I'm telling you, every time we embark on these buildings that we do, the enemy will arise because he doesn't like it. How can the kingdom of God be expanding? How can the things of God be increasing? Are we together, church? Number two, there will be people who will not want to work. Yeah. Nehemiah 3 verse 5. There are people who don't want to work. They are part of the team for glory. Hmm. Oh, I'm a, I'm, part, I'm a member of House of Treasures Ministries. Apostle Felix is my spiritual father. There is nothing you are contributing to the advancement of the church. Nothing. We say give, you complain. Come and serve, you complain. We are going to clean now. After church, watch how many will disappear. They just want to identify with us. I'm part of the church. But when it comes to doing the nitty-gritties, they are not there. Read with me, everybody go. And next unto them is who? The Tekoites. Repair. But their nobles, re finish it. Put not their necks in the work of their Lord. They did not. They are nobles. Somebody said they are nobles. How can nobles not put their, their, you know, their neck? Can you stop hitting that? I told these guys to stop. Can, can you go and instruct them, please? These guys don't understand English. Tell them to stop. Let them go outside until we are done. All right. Now, church, um, it's amazing that these people are part of the team, but they don't want to work. Somebody said they are nobles. What does it mean they are nobles? They're wealthy. They're rich. 
The ones in high position. They are the ones that don't let us clean. I'm too big to clean. I'm a medical doctor. I have seven degrees. I am more than a thermometer. I have PhD, pothole degree. These are the people. They don't want to put their neck to the wall. They are nobles. How can a governmental church function without people, everybody putting in the work? May you not be like the Tekoites. I say, may you not be like their nobles. Be part of the team and do what you are expected to do. This thing is a teamwork. Listen to me, church. We are all gifted differently. There is something you are bringing to the table. There is something I'm bringing to the table. Do you know, church, we used to pay somebody to do voiceover. Every time we had a conference, the person that does our voiceover, we used to pay him 3,000 rand. All of a sudden, we discovered a lady. Hello. Now, since the past how many years, we have stopped paying somebody for voiceover. Everything that goes on TV, goes on radio, it's her voice. Because she does this for Standard Bank. I mean, if you go inside Standard Bank, their TV is playing inside the banking hall. The voice of the person you hear is Sister Nalidi. Hello. Now, just imagine her doing that for the banks. And in the house of God, she doesn't. That's how many of you are. What is it that you are doing out there that you are not doing here? We are paying somebody for it. It's amazing. It's amazing. Whatever you do, you are a plumber, help fix the churches. You don't have to take money. It's the house. None of these people ask Nehemiah for a dime. These are the days when people clean the church. I mean, there is a church around us here. One of the ushers there came to me for counseling. I don't want to mention name. I asked, I said, are you part of our church? No. I'm an usher in so-and-so church. I said, okay. Uh, I said, so, what did I ask her? And she said, no, I was hired as an usher. I get a salary for being an usher. <laughs> you know, pastors have done so much error in the church. This thing of... If, the reason why the church is not progressing is because the talent given to you, you are using it to make money and not serve God. What is it that you have that we can use? You can sing. Today, you have a gift to sing and you are sitting. Today, you can clean. You have a cleaning company. Sister Kathleen, where is she? Is she in church? Where is Kathleen? Is she in church today? Where is Kathleen, the one that cleans the altar? She's not here. Kathleen came. She was not a member of this church. Drove into church during the day and said, I own a carpet cleaning company. I want to be cleaning the church. Can you give me a contract? Then I, the first thing I, I began to preach to her, I led Kathleen to Christ in my office. She was in tears. I wish she was here. She cried in my office. I led her to Christ. From that day, she took over cleaning the altar. In fact, 
this carpet on the altar, Kathleen bought it. Hello. With her money. She comes here with, she's a part of the sanctuary keeping department. She comes here at 6 a.m., 6.30 with her children to come and clean this altar. Alongside with Sister Abigail. You see, church, what is it God has given to you? She does not charge. She has never, from the day I led her to Christ till today, this is over six, seven years, she has never charged the church a dime to clean the carpet. But now you lift one spanner. The quotation we get is higher than unbelievers. You are insane. I must tell you the truth. If I don't tell you, nobody else will tell you. This thing is a teamwork. How dare you want to make profit from the church? The church where you belong. You want to make profit. No, that's not order. It's not order. It's a teamwork. You can imagine how many people Nehemiah needed to build three-kilometer wall. And, every, and listen, the wall was built in 52 days. Just like our building was built in a month and a half. Say amen, somebody. But it requires teamwork. It requires teamwork. 52 days. Nehemiah is a cup bearer. Nehemiah has never carried a, a shovel to go and mix cement. He doesn't know how to. But he could put a team together and be their leader. And everybody knew what to do. And everybody was building and the war was finished. Which part are you supposed to play that you are not playing? The Bible said the nobles among them did not put their... Right now, we are people in this church have been calling who wants to serve. During the conference, we are expecting over 10,000 people on this ground. Who is going to serve? We need more ushers. We need more this. You are sitting down and saying nothing. You don't want to do anything. You just come here, sit, and then go home. That's not teamwork. You are part of the team, but you are not putting your neck to the work. And may you repent today. As I am speaking to you by the Holy Ghost, may you repent today and become part of the team and do your part. Say amen. Number three. Number three. You, you know, church, this is the reason why many pastors are not surviving ministry. Because they, the teams are not supportive. It's so difficult to pastor people who are not supportive of the work. You are doing your part praying. Man, I get up. The work of pastoring is, if you want to do pastoring like a real pastoring, it's not paper flakes. Believe me, it's not. I don't know why people think pastors are enjoying. If you allow me in my flesh to say to Jesus, is there a possibility for me to not carry this cup? And he says, yes. Ha. I will run back to open Kango properties again very quickly. This thing is hard work. Man, I get up every day, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., pray for four hours, five, three hours, five hours for you. You didn't pray at all. I have to pray for you, otherwise Satan will kill you. You just came here today, tomorrow you dash out of the house, brrr, enter your car, rushing to Pretoria for a deal. No prayer. By the time you get there, things are happening. You don't know that there are people that have prayed for you. Oh, you don't understand. Listen to me. 
The Bible said that Moses sent Joshua and the congregation of Israel to go and fight Amalek. And he went to the mountain. And the Bible says Moses was in the mountain and held up his hands to heaven. Every genuine pastor, this is how we stand. Everywhere we are, this is how we are. Even as I'm preaching, though I'm like this, my hands in the spirit are like this. The Bible says, as Moses' hand went down, what happened? Joshua began to lose the battle with the children of Israel. But when his hands were up, the children of Israel won. So you would think that many of the victories you have is you. You have no idea that there are people behind the scene that are paying the price. Please be part of the team. Everyone needs to play his role. And amazingly, thank God for two people, Aaron and her, that were beside Moses. When his hand began to go down, they were there as team players to hold it up. When my hand began to go down, I can't see you. You are an usher. Instead of you holding my hands, you don't come to church. You are in the music department or you're playing drums, you're playing. When you don't get money, you don't show up. The sound engineer is important. Hello. The choir is important. The ushers are important. The hospitality is important. The sanctuary department is important. When you came in here, you sat down on a church that ha- on a chair that has no dust. I have been here early. The sanctuary keeping department came 6 a.m. To come and clean up, to come and tidy up. And you, you are doing nothing. You think that's team player? No, you are not a team player. Ask your neighbor for me this morning. Are you a team player? Mm. Ask them, ask them, ask them. I'm going to give you the last one and we'll close. The last one. Number three. God wants you to find your place in the team. Find your place in the team. What is it that you are to do? How do we accomplish this thing if you don't play your part? Find your place in the team. Find your place. In this conference, find your place. Where do you serve? We need men, able-bodied men, men who are beefed up and well-built by God. For crowd control. They look at you, and all you crowd control, they can, Francis, buy them dark shades. <laughs> Let them look like bouncers. The other day, we recruited two men from SAPS. They are part of the church. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. We put them in that team. Because sometimes the crowd overwhelms our, our team. People are fighting. Last year, they wanted to break our gate. (laughs) Deacon Anthony said, when I saw everything going on, I lost control, so I sat down. I just just watched. (laughs) It gets overwhelming for one person. So we need team players. If we have many men that are serving as a team, many men, able-bodied men, we need team players. Are we together, church? What part are you playing? Nehemiah came, gathered these people, and everybody knew the part that they were to play. See, church, coming together is the beginning. Keeping together is progress. Thinking together is unity. 
but working together is success. Let me say that again for somebody. Coming together is the beginning. But keeping together is progress. Thinking together is unity. But us working together is success. We will not have a successful conference if you don't play your part. That's what God is saying today. To the governmental church, everybody find where to belong. Find somewhere to serve. If you can clean, come and clean. If you can arrange chairs, come and arrange chairs. If you are an electrician, come and connect. Connect some wires. And don't bring us invoice. Hello, church. Hello, church. I just hate it when anybody starts negotiating with me. I'm going to come to church six days, so you must pay me this much. You are a devil. I'm telling you. If, listen, I've, I've, I told the band, they play, yes, they get paid. But I told them, what you do here is not, shouldn't be your source of living. I'm praying that this church will grow to a point where none of them earns anything from the church. That's maturity. Because I've seen people do it. The day Pastor Colin told me not to pay him anymore was the day his progress started. Hello, church. Many of them like that. Even Brother Godwin. The day he said, God told me to stop taking money was the day doors began to open. Same thing, Edgar, the guitarist. The day he said, I don't want money anymore. That was the day. Every, I've dedicated his two houses. He's a guitar player. Hello, church. I'm, listen, I am not against the pain, but I'm, I'm telling you that this thing is not about what you earn from the church. Uh -uh, it's not. When, when he started playing for the church, I called him and I said, what do you want us to pay you? He said, Dad, nothing. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to serve. I'm not here to receive anything. I mean, look at the progress they've made in their business. Because this is how this works. If you serve God to get your reward from men, you will never get reward from the Father. Can I hear an amen? Don't make this thing about money. Uh-uh. No. Don't make it about money. What part are you playing? What part are you playing? Everything is important. If you have a gift that this church needs, use it for the church. Yes, you are using it to make money out there, but use it for the church. You are a good marketer. Are you in the outreach team? Or don't you think that our evangelism team is the marketing department of House of Treasures? Hello, church. We have the PR team. You go out and give flyers. You can smile. You have a countenance that when people see you, they just buy whatever you are selling. You can sell Sibongile to herself. Use it in the evangelism team. Because when you carry that flyer, once somebody just see you, they just buy into whatever you have. Ladies, you are beautiful not to go and wear G-string and put on Instagram. That beauty is a... You didn't do anything to be beautiful. Hello. You know, apostle, I got shape. I got this. What did you do to get the shape, to get the beauty? You didn't do jack. God gave it to you. Use it to win souls. Instead of using it to lay men to bed. Oh, okay, all right. I'll leave you alone. Are we together, church? Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6. We're about to close. It's my last scripture. 
Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6. So we build the wall. Somebody say, we will build the wall. Say, we will build the wall together. He says, so we build the wall and all the wall was joined. So look at this. They had a team that took a certain portion. A team that took a certain portion. Everybody. And they were building this thing 3.7 kilometers around Jerusalem. And eventually, everyone connected to the next team. And then the whole war was finished. The gates were installed. Are you seeing how this worked? So we built with the wall together, and all the wall was joined together unto half thereof. For the people had a mind. May the Lord give you a mind to work. May the Lord give you a mind to serve. May the Lord give you a servant heart in the name of Jesus. Three things quickly. E.W. Koza said something. E.W. Koza said, unity in Christ is not something to be achieved, but something to be re to recognize. How to be a team player? Number one, you must come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. If you are not born again, you can't serve God. Anything you do outside of be Jesus Christ is not recognized in heaven. Hello. If you are here and you are not saved, when I make that altar call, give your life to the Lord. It will be the best decision you will ever make. Say amen, somebody. You must come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. You must have done, you must go through. That's why when you get saved, the next thing we do is foundation class. We take you through foundation class. Through that class, we admit you to seven in the church. Are we together, church? You do water baptism, you do Holy Ghost baptism through that class. Are we together? Number two, you must serve with humility. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2. Maybe give me this in a simpler version. New Living Translation. Ephesians 4 and verse 2. Are you here, church? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2. Please give that to us quickly. He says, always be what? Look at your neighbor, say, be humble. Mm. Look at them, no say to them, no matter your pedigree, be humble. No matter your certificate, be humble. No matter how rich you are, be humble. No matter how many cars you drive, be humble. Did you send that message well? Yeah. You must serve with what? Humility and gentleness. Be patient. That's the third one. You must serve with humility. And the third one is be patient. If you don't have patience, you can't serve. Because everybody in your team is not like you. Some people are slower. Some people are quicker. Some people are, you know, they take time to understand. They, everybody is not like you. Everybody is not at your level. I've seen people come, they complain. Oh, this is my leader. He's, she's this, he's this. Hey, church, listen. He's your leader. She's your leader. God put her there. That she doesn't have what you have doesn't mean that she's not a leader. Many of you have several gifts I don't have. But yet, God made me your leader. Hello. So you could be good with administration. And I'm good with preaching. And you think you are better than me. No. Like now, 
I know I'm not better than anybody in this church. Because I need Anoria here. I don't care how much hand you lay on me. Lay it from day one of 2024 to end of 2024. I cannot sing like Bongiwe. Hello. Hello, church. I, it's imp it, that one. Apostle, don't say it's impossible. What God cannot do does not exist. <laughs> bro, bro, I can tell you that one. Uh -uh. I have been assembled in a way. That's why everybody is not in the choir. We can, if we admit all of you in the choir, the noise we will hear here. Oh, <laughs> ah, I tell you something. <laughs> have you heard some people sing? You want to beg them, please, bro, stop singing. <laughs> you are giving me a headache. Are we together? But they are good at something else. Say amen, somebody. They're just good at something else that they do. We cannot destroy each other because we are not like each other. Listen, we are different from each other. And we all need each other. We all need each other. I can't do, I possibly cannot do what Pastor KG is doing with the youth. I can't. I mean, to the point where my own children, Kion and Henna, fears Pastor KG more than me. Ah! I asked him, I said, son, what did you do to these people? Henna is, if Henna is coming late to church, to uh, youth, Henna can come late to service. This one, if she can come late, no shaking. Youth, Henna is vibrating like a cell phone. Daddy, I can't be late. She's shouting at me. Take me to church. One day I was to bring her on a Thursday. As Hannah was rebuking me. I said, no. But, but you see, God has given him grace for that. Are we together, church? So we, we all need each other. What he is doing now, I can't do it. If you take me, I don't understand any keys. So we need one another. Look at your neighbor say, we need one another. <laughs> Therefore, you need to be patient with one another. Did you receive the word of the Lord? It's a team playing this week. Teamwork this week. We're going to do this thing together. This conference, all of us are involved. Don't come here like a visitor. Hello, church. What did I say? Uh -uh, uh -uh. You are not a visitor. You are the owner of the house. Don't come here like you are a visitor. You know, I want to be treated. Uh -uh. That's why even in the conference, if we have, this place is full, we might ask you to say stand. You can stand at the back. And you will say, let the visitor sit down because this is our home. Church, uh, okay. I'm asking people that were brought up well. If you have visitors in your personal house, what do you do? Before the visitors, do you sit before them? You stand so that they can all sit. And then if they finish sitting, if there is space, you will sit. Or what you do, you carry another chair to sit down. I don't know why we think it's not the same in the house of God. When you come in here, we are serving visitors this week. It must be a team playing work. Not that they tell you to stand up. You're like, you see now. I said it, this church... There is no love in this church. That is a useless church. No, you are not a team player. 
That's why you can't be part of this church and go out there and be speaking evil of the church. When anybody says anything, you defend the church. No, our church is not like that. Our pastors are not like that. The leaders are not like that. Maybe something happened, it was a mistake. But the people I know are not like that. Don't join them. We said it. We knew. Mm -hmm. You know how many people are waiting for our downfall? Christians, I'm not lying. They are waiting. They wish that in this one year I divorced. They've been praying. But thanks be to God. <laughs> that this Zulu boy this morning, <laughs> did not divorce. Amen, somebody. <laughs> we weathered the storm. Amen. Hallelujah. You will not give up. I say you will not quit. You will not quit on life. You will be like Nehemiah. You will be like Nehemiah's team. We will do this thing together. Somebody said the governmental church is a teamwork. Did you receive this message? Yeah. I'm connected to you. Look at your neighbor say, I'm connected to you. Mm-hmm. I'm connected. One way or the other, I'm connected. What you are doing is important. Even you being here this morning, we are connected. Because what you came to, if you didn't come, I'll be preaching to empty chairs. When I was praying, I was praying, Lord, bring them. Bring, put them in the shower now. Let, let something make them rush to the shower. Take a bath and come to church. Amen. No pastor wants to preach to empty chairs. So I salute you for coming. You are now part of the team. So now it's time to be a team player. It's time for you. You might be the goalkeeper. You might be the Lionel Messi. Hallelujah. You might be the Ronaldo. Somebody else is, I don't know their names. Amen. Only these two. Hallelujah. But whatever you are, play your part well. In this conference next week, play your part well. There should be no fighting among us. Visitors can't see two ushers pointing finger. You are an idiot. You are a fool. You are this. Eh, 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 oh, eh, eh. If you are still like that, when I make altar call, come to the front. Let's lead you to Christ. You can't be swearing at your fellow uh, band member. Say amen, somebody. You come to the altar frowning. You want to sing. Somebody offended you. Eh, eh. This week is a week of unity. We must serve God with one mind, one heart, one passion. All of us is a teamwork. Announcers come here, do the announcement 100%. Excellent. They pray before they get here. Choir do their own thing. Ushers do their best. Cameramen do their thing. Sound engineer does his thing. Everybody does their thing. By the end of the day, every, when people live here, they will say, man. They don't say Apostle Felix is excellent. They say that house of treasures is an excellent church. Because everybody played their part. So whatever part you are playing, play it well. But before we do that, allow people, some people who are here to become part of the team. There is something you need to do. All heads bowed, all eyes closed.